The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Heal Heat. I am Dwayne, aka the Leeward Icon. You probably know me from Know the Score on the CSPN. And we are actually, this is our very first official episode. I know when you guys listened to the pilot, it was called Nuclear Heat, but you know, we had to kind of switch up the name a little bit. But I think Heal Heat fits this very perfectly. And I am joined with my co host. Uh, Shaolin Shogun, M.A. Sean, uh, what's going on, Sean? What's going on, bro, man? I'm, I'm, we here. I'm excited. Let, let's get it going, bro. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. So yeah. So basically, uh, about the about the um, Kill Heat podcast, we're going to just take a step back in the time and look at some of the things that were pretty iconic over the years of wrestling. We're going to give our takes on this, um, what was done, how we thought about it, what could have been done. And it's going to be a very good time. You know, we go back, Sean and I go back many, many years. We go back to high school. So, you know, you get the, you get the nice friendship element out of it as well. And, I think that when we do this, you'll you'll enjoy you'll enjoy the humor, you'll enjoy the stories that we have, and it's going to be a real good time. And as so, a little bit about me, you know, of course, if you know me from the score, I do the we I do the weekly podcast with Don DeLorente every um, every week, or you know, lately is kind of been a little hectic life has been lifing but you know we do the (laughs) we do we do our our best uh to get the sports content out and then also for me you know been on the wrestlecast shout out to our wrestlecast fam and you know i have been on there before uh working with um uh, D.D. Jeanet, as well as Don and many other uh, panelists from the WrestleCast. I also love the wrestling business. Uh, it's, actually, it's actually because of Sean uh, himself, I kind of started looking at it from the Mark side of things to the backstage side of things. So kind of getting that backstage inside and, you know, that's really made it a whole lot more interesting and a whole lot more fun in my eyes. Um, so this has really been a great experience, especially looking at it from a different angle. And that's one thing Sean is very good at. He will give you different angles. He'll give you the real. He does not give a fuck. 
about what? <laughs> about a lot of stuff, but you know, he's also very he'll also listen to your side of things, but also give you his his take on it too. Um, I'm not gonna speak for the man, so I'll let the man himself uh, <laughs> tell you about him. So hopefully, I didn't put words in your mouth. So. Oh no, nah, man, yo, uh, I'm totally down for it, man. You 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 know me, um, so I ain't have a problem with a thing that you said. That's real. <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. But yeah, I'll let you um, uh, go ahead and introduce introduce yourself fully. So you know, if people missed the pilot episode or if they missed the intro we had with Don and you know then get to know you as well cool hey everyone um this is Sean aka the Shaolin Shogun on Twitter uh for those who haven't heard my name is in honor of the Wu-Tang Clan and Shonuff from The Last Dragon uh Dwayne also um knows that I'm a big uh movie buff especially 80s and 90s um as far as music as well so um that's how those two things kind of um coincide um so yeah i'm really excited to be here um definitely doing it with one of my best friends um the libra icon um the man the man who hates hulk hogan more than anybody in the world and i love to agitate him about it as well Yeah, but um, a little bit about myself. Um, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, the Queen City, uh, birthplace of the greatest 24-7, 7-Eleven European television champion of all time, R-Truth, even though he did go to art, but we ain't gonna hold that to him. But yeah, man, I've been a wrestling fan um, pretty much all my life, man. Growing up in Charlotte, how can you not be? Um, definitely NWA territory. Didn't really grow up watching a lot of WWF. Uh, if it really wasn't Macho Man Randy Savage, I really wasn't into it. Uh, so. Four Horsemen, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Dusty Rhodes. Those were my go-to guys um, back in the day. I really didn't get into WWF until around middle school, uh, playing around in recess, having our little fake championship belts. Uh, I did remember a guy by the name of Shawn Michaels. And one day out in recess, somebody told me that he was the WWF champion now. After about four years away from wrestling, that's kind of where I got back into it. So around the summer of 1996, uh, that's when I got right back into wrestling. And that was right around the time the NWO blew up, too. So I've been in it since then, haven't taken any breaks. And just like Dwayne said, um, I'm the type of person, if I'm really interested in into it and I really dig it, I'm going to look into it as much as I can and find out all the knowledge about it as I can. So that's what kind of drove me not only to look at things as a fan, but to try to get that peek behind the curtain and see how things are really done. So I'm really excited to be here. I think we're going to have a lot of fun, especially when we look back at some of the most famous and infamous moments in our wrestling childhood and kind of remix it and put our little spin on it, uh, which is what we're doing here today. Um, So I'm really excited, bro. Can't wait to get started. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Same here. And and like I said, it's been a long time coming, but you know, as I said earlier, life has been life and we've been meaning to get this thing going. Actually at a podcast where I shouted out Heal Heat and and you know, we we've been meaning to get this thing going, but you know, things happen, you know. I know we were supposed to probably schedule recording um last week, but you know, things came up. But, you know, as long as we're here now, that's the main thing. And we're going to get into this. Um, if you guys listened to our pilot, um, our pilot broadcast, we talked about WrestleMania 30, and that's where we had um, All Eagle Lost Voices. A shout out to uh, Benny for uh, helping us out with that episode. Uh, WrestleMania 30, that was near and dear to us because. That was actually the last WrestleMania we went to, right? That was correct. Yes. And so, you know, I was actually part of your stake. I was like, man, I wonder if we should do this trip one more time very soon. Or uh, maybe not 36, but maybe 37. But, uh, dude, man, (laughs) uh, if we do go to a WrestleMania, like, at this point, like, which event is the best better one to go to i mean we've never been to a takeover see that's that's the one thing we have never been to a takeover as many raw and smackdown and pay-per-views we've never been to a takeover so if we did another wrestlemania weekend that's the one um i don't know shoot oh lord wrestlemania is just so exhausting now it, yeah, it is because it's so long. It's like, gone out. But at the time, you know, TakeOver wasn't in existence. Yeah, like, yeah. But, but if we did go, that would be the one to go to, absolutely. Yeah. Especially, especially at War Games was amazing. Um, we'll go into that later on today uh, with our quick hot takes and things of that sort. So we're going to do that later on. So... Um, so this first episode, uh, like it's, like Sean said, we're gonna just go back. I know a lot of people always talk about how they watch wrestling in the past, you know, in the Attitude Era, things of that sort. And we understand, you know, but there have been some great moments a little after there, and there have been there have been some there have been some iconic moments that we want to relive, and so. Uh, we we'll go over it, and we're going to not only go over it, but we're also going to put our little spin on it, how we would have booked it, uh, and things things of that sort. We really love the business, you know. We're wrestling fans, and so far, so far, we've got some good feedback. So I'm definitely happy about that, and we hope to continue to um, give you that feedback. Each and every week, so, um, so yeah, we've been talking about this uh, for quite some time, I know, and we'll go a little. We've been, this has been kind of like over a year of planning, you know, because you know, like I said, things have been happening over time, and it's just kind of like you know, once we got the ball rolling and things started to come together. It's really, it's really cool to finally be able to do this. So, uh, just once again, Sean, just give us, uh, just give us that full concept of what we do and how we're gonna do it. 
Cool. So what we're going to do with the Hill Heat podcast is we consider this to be an extension of the WrestleCast. So Don and D do an outstanding job of providing commentary on today in professional wrestling. But we want to be that companion podcast for you that dips into the nostalgia of our wrestling fandom and provide commentary to our favorite and infamous uh, events, television shows, personalities, storylines, and so much more. So Look forward to a mix of things, but the thing I'm most excited for is what we're going to do today. And like Dwayne said, if you tuned into the pilot podcast, me, Dwayne, and Benny, we took a look at the last WrestleMania that we attended. So, well, the last WrestleMania that me and Dwayne attended, WrestleMania 30, great event, um, even though I probably almost got me and Dwayne's ass kicked. <laughs> They're on as well. <laughs> which we'll delve into a little bit more on this podcast uh, <clears throat> but we talked about the holistic experience of our Wrestlemania 30 uh, trip but today we're going to narrow it down and talk about Undertaker versus Brock and how we would have ended the Undertaker's Wrestlemania streak or would we have ended the Undertaker's streak. So before we get started, Dwayne, if I may, uh, I like to, before I toss it back over to you, I like to read a review to you in the audience um, about WrestleMania 30 and about Undertaker's streak ending and then kind of kick it off with your take. All right, let's do it. Cool. So this is coming straight from Richard Langford. Uh, the Bleacher Report, and he had to say the following. WrestleMania 30 endured itself a relevant place in the event's history in dubious fashion. The Undertaker, a wrestling legend, fell to an F5 from Brock Lesnar and suffered his first defeat in WrestleMania history on Sunday night. Taker's 21-0 mark at WrestleMania entering the event was arguably the most well-known stat in the sports entertainment world. Needless to say, people were shocked when the streak came to an end. Hall of Famer Jim Ross helps to explain. Jim Ross states, as I said, a picture is worth a thousand words. And it was pictures like the ones shared across social media that inspired all the comments and all the feelings that the WWE Universe had. And I know you can't see the picture, but I'm pretty sure everybody knows what picture I'm talking about. With our what, what what was he called? Uh, Shock Undertaker guy. Yes, <laughs> that is the very picture that they're talk talking about. So going back to the article, now jaws dropping to the floor is often a great thing in the entertainment business, and those kinds of moments have worked out well for WWE before. Hulk Hogan turning heel is the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, I like to paraphrase or kind of jump in that was a wcw thing so richard yeah. is a little off on that one i will say that was actually one of the few times i actually liked hogan when that yeah happened. yo yo hollywood hulk hogan in 96 he was pretty decent but uh when he put on that red and yellow in, in 1999 again it was back to fuck him yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, <laughs> back to the article. There's no doubt that this outcome gives WrestleMania 30 an eternal spot in wrestling history. The problem is with the way the streak ended. On the surface, Lesnar is a good choice to end the streak. 
He is one of the most physically imposing wrestlers and a quality heel. For Taker to fall to an F5 is certainly no blight on his resume. However, why waste this notable win on a part-timer? Lesnar is already a star on his own right. The win isn't going to do much to boost his drawing power. Also, while a rematch would generate plenty of interest, there isn't a lot of room to work storylines given the part-time status of both wrestlers. Introducing a loss that no one saw coming helps keep fans on edge of their seats and interest high. There is no doubt this match will accomplish those feats. Still, this streak was an event in itself. It generated interest in every WrestleMania, and The Undertaker's matches have been the perennial highlight. If the WWE was going to take the, take away this marketing tool, it should have done so in a way it could regularly build upon for the next year. The only thing Lesnar is going to build off this victory is his waistline between his spotty WWE appearances. Well, that and maybe some credibility to Paul Hyman, Paul Heyman's hype. Damn, that was kind of <laughs> that was kind of harsh. <laughs> Courtesy of PW Tor- Torches Wade Keller, that last comment. Uh, so, Dwayne, yeah, man, I'll throw it back to you. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match? Uh, what were your thoughts on the Undertaker streaks ended? <laughs> so, I was one of the people that were outraged a little bit like uh so the the match was the match was entertaining for the most part um and you know this was really a match where i was like because of course i was talking all the cash shit prior i was like oh 22 and 0 is gonna happen. You can't. I was, I was one of those who said you can't end the street. Why? And even then, why end the street? I mean, keep the street going. This is something that's really, really special. And and so, in the moment, you know, as the match was going on, and Brock was doing Brock things. I'll put it like that. Just destroying the Undertaker. Um, my thoughts kind of got a little bit concerned a little bit because Undertaker started to, he was not looking like himself. And and I think we kind of, in, in the retrospect, when we start, when we look back on it, when I watched this thing back, um, it was really something that was not. Something didn't feel right at this point. So you know, the the is one of those things where you kind of start going back to Mark Mark mode. It's like kick out, kick out. <laughs> like every single time you know Brock did something and Undertaker kicked out, I was like, okay, there's still hope. He's still going to be able to keep the streak going like it was just it was just one of those things where i just thought i just wrote it where in my head like okay he, he destroys them but undertaker summons those dead man powers finds a way to win um but by the time brock hit that third 
Because it was three or fives, wasn't it? Yeah. It was three yeah, or fives. Yeah, it was five. three. Yeah, once he hit that third one, and I just saw Taker's body just in a heap at that point. His body just did something where it just did not look like I was like, yeah, this thing is not going as I had hoped. And once, you know, once the rest hand hit three, there was just so much confusion, some so much mass confusion. And that's where I really I really did like the element of surprise as I look back on it on this one. Because of the fact that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, what's going on here. Um, did that really happen? Was that supposed to happen? And then 21 and 1 pops up on the screen, and I never saw a, a dome so angry, <laughs> except for <laughs> one person, except for one person <laughs> in the building, I think. Um, yeah, so twenty one and one pops up on the screen, and I'm just sitting there. I, I'm glad I, I. This is why I'm glad we get the seats that we get, because I don't need WWE trying to find my face for a shocked reaction. <laughs> That's I don't want to be shocked. Undertaker. <laughs> I don't want to be shocked Undertaker guy. Um, I just I I was one of those was like, what the fuck? What are y'all doing? This is not supposed to happen. I'm sitting up here thinking, okay, I got all this egg on my face, basically, because I uh, said all this, I talked all this cash shit, and now y'all make me look stupid. So (laughs) um, I was really more upset about me looking stupid than anything else. Um, Then I hear Sean next to me celebrating. I'm looking at all the people looking down on us, and I'm like, if you don't sit down and shut up, <laughs> we're not going to make it out this. We're not going to make it out of New Orleans alive. So, so my focus quickly had to shift from my anger <laughs> to my safety. Um, <laughs> because I was like, okay, we, I need, I need to calm him down. I know he's, I know, I love how Sean looks at things differently. I love, that's one thing I love about him. That's one thing I love about my brother. But I was like, yo, we, 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 you can't, you, we can't do this at this very moment. <laughs> uh, at least let's wait till we get out of the stadium or on the way out. So that way we can run if we need to. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was one of those things where I was definitely shocked. I didn't see it coming. Um, you know, the match was predictable in the sense where Brock does Brock things, but I did love the unpredictability of it. And and so that's where I can hang my head on that. And um, are we going to – am I going to um, look into this as would I have done something different? Well, before Part you jump into that – Look, okay. before you jump in that, can I share something? Yeah, so, absolutely. Go ahead. Um, one thing that um, I think, well, a couple of things that were wrong with the match. Um, I do think the way the match was looked at from a rating standpoint, uh, people kind of missed the boat on that. Because uh, even when I looked at the Torches rating and even Meltzer, Meltzer gave that match one and a half stars. 
Uh, I think that was kind of harsh um, because we couldn't tell at the time. I think we both felt that something was off, but I didn't see it until I got back home and watched it over again. Right. And I think at that moment, I was like, oh, Tecky was knocked out. Right, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean? So um, that pretty, if you're talking about something that sucked the life out of that match, Taker wasn't there. Like right. he literally wasn't there. Um, one of the thing, one of the criticisms that I had about the match when it was booked is that it was a just a regular one-on-one match between Undertaker and Tech. I mean, Undertaker and Lesnar. Like Undertaker and Lesnar. WrestleMania, this is a regular one-on-one match. Already, it's like, yo, the the potential that these two guys have, you just put handcuffs. The best Taker and Lesnar matches going back to Lesnar's rookie year and behind have always been some type of gimmick match. Whether it's no DQ, cage, hell in a cell, whatever. Those are the Taker Lesnar matches that you remember because they weren't bound by the ring. They could, you know, move to the outside, use the weapons, use the cages, just do that brawling fighting style that both of them like. And I think that element was missed from this match. Um, Before you go into how you would have booked the match or how you would have booked the end of Taker's streak. I do want to share something from the Broken Skull Sessions. Uh, Oh, yeah. That that was fun. Yeah, that was really fun. I'm really excited about um, Stone Cold doing these sessions. Uh, But Stone Cold actually asked Taker about uh, that WrestleMania match. Um, and one of the things that Taker said was um, that that's the million dollar question, whether that time was the right time for him to to walk away. Um, then he immediately brought out or brought up that within the first five minutes of the match, that's when he got the concussion. And from that point on, the last thing that he remembered was from 3.30 that afternoon. He said he don't even remember the match. Like, wow. he has no memory of the match. He remembers the last memory he has is from 3.30 that day, and the next memory was him in the hospital with Michelle McCool after it. That is wild. So that that's kind of deep. Um, so I did want to bring that up. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you have not checked out Broken Skull Sessions on the WWE Network, I highly suggest that you check that out with um, Stone Cold interviewing The Undertaker. And then right after TLC next Sunday, I hear uh, he's going to do his interview with Goldberg. So those these... Broken Skull Sessions have the potential to be really good, so check that out. So, yep. I hand it back over to you, Dwayne. Okay. Uh, well, actually, actually, um, I was actually done since my next thing was going to be about how I would have booked it. I actually want to hear your side of your side of things first before okay. I go into how I would have booked it. Cool. Uh, so, <laughs> So, I mean, that is the golden question. I think 
before I talk or about you're, you're, inside, you're inside of the match. That's what I meant. Oh, you're inside, inside of, of the match. match. Um, God, do you remember? I don't even remember. Was this right after John Cena versus Bray Wyatt? This is right. I after. It was. I believe this was because. <laughs> Up right now, I just remember before the match, I really wasn't in a good mood, so <laughs> so I was ready for like a pick me up. Uh, it had to be because I feel like it was Cena Bray, then this match, then whatever women's thing that they Vicky Guerrero, oh, the Vicky Guerrero. Station, that Benny just loves because, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was right after the Cena match, Cena Wyatt match, and right before the Vicky Guerrero invitation. Oh, I thought so. So coming to this match, I was pissed. Number one because um, and Dwayne can amen it. Like I loved and still do in the current um, version of it, but I've always loved the Bray Wyatt character. Uh, I thought it had the immense ability to be the next generation's version of the undertaker and to you know he he debuted earlier the previous spring so this was bray wyatt's first wrestlemania match they put him out there against john cena and he lost and that was his first pinfall loss and like, I just had a bad feeling about it. And I feel like my bad feel- feeling was warranted because from that moment on, every big match that Bray Wyatt had, he lost. So, going back to, you know, our topic, like, I wasn't in a good mood going into Taker and Lesnar's match. Um, you know, Lesnar's entrance was what it was. Um, seeing The Undertaker, no matter how many times you see it, seeing the undertaker's entrance live is an experience of itself. So always appreciate that. So that kind of, it's like, okay, takers here. This is my guy. Um, then he did the cool thing with the caskets where all the caskets were lined up one through 22 had everybody's name on it. And then he set the Lesnar one on fire. So I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, I'm waking back up. Um, and then the bell rung, uh, and then as we know now, then Taker's bell rung. Uh, so it, it's kind of like what we, uh, what I said earlier. Uh, the match was just off. Um, I can look back at it today and, and say it definitely wasn't the potential match that these two could have had because they turned around and had their next match at a SummerSlam, I believe it was. That's when we got the infamous uh, Taker and Lesnar sit-up where Undertaker did that funny. (laughs) 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 Like, like, you know what I mean? I mean, not to say that that match was their best match, but the match had no rules and they were able to do a little bit more, so the match was better. Um, I still didn't like... I didn't like the finish, but you know, I, I just think the booking of this match was probably the worst 
um, of any match that Undertaker and Lesnar have all, ever had together. It just shouldn't have been a one-on-one regular match. And hell, maybe that would have saved um, Undertaker because hell, if it was a no DQ match, and we know how Lesnar can get in no DQ match, he probably would have tossed his ass all left and right, and we wouldn't have seen Undertaker at WrestleMania 31 and so on. So maybe it's a silver lining there. So, um, yeah, man, the match wasn't all that. Um, but I don't think it's fair to rate it. Um, I hate rating something that somebody got injured in. And But uh, if you want me to go ahead and talk about the street, I can go ahead and do that and my feelings about that. Yeah. Okay, so um, before I talk about the who, um, would I have made that decision? Um, Honestly, before WrestleMania 30 being there live, I would have been like what Dwayne said earlier. I would have never ended the streak. My perfect finale for the undertaker in his career would have been whatever wrestlemania he decided to go out had a match won the match and hell he could have been 30 and 0 and that would have been it you know what i mean um but since you know Dwayne has already told y'all that i was probably the only one in the building Celebrating after <laughs> he lost. Yeah, uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously, my feelings are a little bit different. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't think it was a terrible idea um, to end the Undertaker streak. Um, but what I will say, I think the when, the who, and the how is important. Uh, and when you talk about when in professional wrestling. Win is always tricky because you can always plan for something in professional wrestling and it not go the way that you know the bookers want it to go. Um, say I'm uh, he's gonna be my punching bag here and there, so just get used to this being a heel heat thing. So Lex Luger is a perfect example of that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, we. We all know the money in the machine that was put behind Lex Luger to be the next best thing. And, like, let's be real. If you grew up NWA, WCW, back in the day, you knew Lex Luger wasn't going to be that dude. Um, but WWE tried, but it, it wasn't what it was. <laughs> um, but then some things perfectly fall into place, like CM Punk. His contract coming up to an end. Um, Willie sign, uh, Willie leave. Last date in the company. His legit expiration date on his contract was the night of Money in the Bank in Chicago. How perfect is that? You know what I mean? That is some legit stars aligned type shit. And he goes out to the building that night, signs on the dotted line to a extend his deal or sign a new deal and then goes out wins the WWE championship for John Cena in his hometown um sometimes the best plans 
could seem right, but then they could fall flat. Um, my biggest example of that is Goldberg, 1998, June 6th, um, July 6th, excuse me. Um, him and Hollywood Hulk Hogan in the Georgia Durham. It made total sense in 1998 to book that match. Crowd was hyped. Building was sold out. Of course, that whole night. And I recently watched that um, Nitro back about a, two weeks ago. And it was the perfect build all night, especially since they just kind of threw it out there over the weekend that that match was going to happen. But that whole night was about Goldberg and getting him to that title match and beating Hollywood Hulk Hogan for the belt. And, yo, it was a great moment. Can't take it away from WCW. But in the long run, big, big mistake. Big mistake. Uh, yeah, so, since January fourth, nineteen ninety nine, at the same building happened. I think that solidified me hating Hulk Hogan forever <laughs> and Kevin Nash. You're not talking about a finger, are you? Uh, just uh, yeah, but, yeah. We that, <laughs> that might be a future episode that we oh, go on. That is right. that is for sure going to be a future episode. That's going to be one of those episodes where me and Dwayne shit on every damn thing. <laughs> um, so, so um, all those things said, I do believe because of what WrestleMania 30 was, um, anniversary show, uh, and then thinking about age, um, and, and you never know when the body is going to tap out on you, in professional wrestling like we don't know we didn't know at the time that undertaker was going to be around for wrestlemania 35 i'm gonna just go ahead and put it out there uh if he planning on it he don't need to be planning uh i don't want to see undertaker at wrestlemania 40 so unless he just trotting his ass out there and you know turning his ass back around and he can spend 10 minutes walking to the ring and 10 minutes walking back that's all i need to see him doing at wrestlemania 40 <laughs> but um uh, i do believe wrestlemania 30 if i had to book it uh that would have been the date uh who before i go into my who let me just get one name out the way no roman reigns folks not at all First of all, let me talk to you, Russell, to you, Roman Reigns folks, for a minute. <laughs> Y'all wasn't even feeling this cat when he was in the shield. Not, not the way that you amp him up right now. Like, y'all used to pick on him because he couldn't talk, and all he said was, Believe that. Or believe in the shield. Hoorah! You know what I mean? Powerbomb. You know what I mean? Y'all when he found this cat. So why do y'all get mad when people like me, and I'm not hating on the brother. I actually like Roman. I just don't like the spot that he's in. You know what I mean? Like, to me, John Moxley shouldn't be in AEW right now. John Moxley should be the top here in WWE. Seth Rollins built right should be the top face in WWE, but we see how they royally fucked up his face turn. But I digress. In this subject, Roman Reigns ain't the guy. 
Why? Because they were already shoving Roman Reigns down everybody's throat at this point. And guess what? In this pay-per-view, he was only in a six-man, I think. Wasn't he in a six-man? Yeah. Yeah. At at this point, like he was already getting the highlights in these short little six-man tags with the Shield. So you already saw it coming. So think about the level of hate that people have of Roman Reigns being the forced guy if he would have been the one to end the Undertaker Street, whether that was WrestleMania 30, 31, or 32, let's be real, folks, it would have been a whole lot worse. Undertaker already had a loss on his record at WrestleMania, and I don't even know the number anymore because, you know, some reason WWE doesn't like to use numbers, but the, the Mania match that Taker had with Roman and and Roman won. Do y'all remember uh, the crowd response to that? Wasn't favorable. <laughs> it was not favorable. So let me just say right now, no, no Roman Reigns. So what I don't want to do, I don't want to play the fantasy game. So I don't want to say like I wish it was this cat. And he wasn't in the WWE at the time. If I'm going to say WrestleMania 30 was the right time to end the street, then I can't say anybody who wasn't in the company at that time. So one, if I was, I'll just throw it out there. I believe Drew McIntyre would have been a great person to, if you want to build somebody at that time, yeah, right. he's just tearing it up, starting to tear it up as Drew Galloway. Like that would have been a great person to bring back and to start that build. Um, if if you would have asked me this question a year ago, and Dwayne can amen on me on this because the reason why I was celebrating that night is because my whole feeling was, yes, Lesnar was the guy, like. If you look back in the locker room, who the hell else is believable? Like, like, as I look back on, as you mentioned that at the time we talked about it, and I really had to sit back and think about it, you had, like, a very valid point. So, yeah, I can definitely back you up on that one because Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just go down the list. It's just like... Uh, you go down the roster no 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 like even you people who are about you should have did it with a young guy how they going you know to get the young guy over yo they could have pushed the wrong guy onto you you would have completely shit on that person like whether it was like can you imagine if they brought Big E up to the main roster and Big E was the dude that laid down the Undertaker. You think we would see uh, Big E right now shilling pancakes and doing the damn um, Snow Angel in the ring with the New Day if he would have been the one to end the Undertaker streak? No. So get yeah. out of here, man. Like, we always talk about, you know what I mean? Yo, that don't make sense. We try to make logic out of a business that really isn't about logic. Um, right. But then again, <laughs> but then again 
But then again, when somebody comes at you with logic, you don't want to hear that. And that's right. my thing. Like, the believable person, even even Daniel Bryan wasn't believable at that moment. And that was the yes movement. Daniel Bryan, nah, yeah. bro. Couldn't have did it. You know what I mean? Uh, Lesnar was the guy. You know what I mean? NCAA, UFC, WWE champion. Like, that was the guy. He was believable. But, yeah. if you remember, I said, if we would have filmed this one, two weeks ago, I would have said Lesnar. I'm not saying Lesnar. Dwayne, and this is on record because we're recording. I truly believe that at WrestleMania 30, the Undertaker streak should have ended. And it should have ended at the hands of Bray Wyatt. Oh. Interesting. Well, why do I say that? Going back to what I said. (laughs) Because it goes back to what I said earlier about, and that's why I brought up my feelings about the John Cena match. A year before this mania, Bray Wyatt (laughs) was really refining his skills as his character in NXT after a horrible run on the main roster as Husky Harris. Shout out to Huskis Harris in the Firefly Funhouse. Cool cat. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Yo, we, we all watch it. Everybody watching NXT in that day. I I don't know anybody who wasn't drawn to that Bray Wyatt character, the concept of the Wyatt family. Like, everybody saw, yo, this is it. This is it. You know what I mean? And then they bring him up to the main roster, and he had a pre- pretty decent run on the main roster. Like as as I said earlier, that match at WrestleMania 30 versus John Cena, that was his first WrestleMania match. It could have been against the Undertaker if we all as fans and it wasn't just me. I've heard multiple people saying, "Yo, this Bray Wyatt character could be this generation's Undertaker." That's the potential that it has. So him coming out like all he did, like he had some pretty decent um feuds with uh Kane and I believe he had some brushes with Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, but all of these were matches that he won. Uh feuds that he came out on top. From the time he debuted on the main roster to that WrestleMania 30 defeat. At the hands of John Cena, the only matches that Bray Wyatt had lost up until that point were tag matches. Six-man tag message with the Wyatt fan. And he didn't take the pin. It was either Harper or Rowan. Most most times Rowan taking the pinfall um, in those losses. So, let me just kind of, you know, kind of not change much. Like, what if in regards to the bill sometime towards the end of the previous year, Bray started to cut these cryptic promos that he's really, really good at. 
you knew that he was talking about the Undertaker, but he didn't come out and say it. The Undertaker appeared. The Undertaker appeared at uh, Elimination Chamber that February. You could have had the Druids coming out. You would have thought that was the Undertaker coming out, but then once they set the casket to the at the ring, Bray came out. Bray gets out the casket, cuts another promo. This is the first time that he's actually calling out the Undertaker by name, challenges the Undertaker to a WrestleMania match. Undertaker accepts. And then, look, you don't have to have that much physicality between that point and Mania between the two. Like, Bray could have carried that feud on his own just doing promos. That's how talented Bray Wyatt is like he carried the fiend and this new character just by promos and it sucked everybody in so that's all you needed like you could have set up a brock bray match no holds barred at wrestlemania 30 i would have had the match go 14 16 minutes 14 to 16 minutes because the one criticism that i have with the Undertaker and Lesnar, is that match was too damn long. Twenty-five minutes, <laughs> <laughs> too damn long. So you could have kept this Bray Wyatt Undertaker match between fourteen and sixteen minutes, no whole bar. I would have had some attempted shenanigans early in the match between Harper and Rowan that would have got them out there, got them out of there quickly. Undertaker could have disposed of them quickly. Uh, but then, you know, just have a solid match between the two of them in the time allotted. You could have did your crazy number of false finishes like all big matches have these days. And then, yo, Bray Wyatt hits Undertaker with multiple Sister Abigails. And then after the last kiss in Sister Abigail, he goes in front of Undertaker. He crosses the Undertaker's arms pins them for the one, two, three. And I swear to you, like every fiber in my body believes that at that point, you could have strapped a rocket to Bray Wyatt's ass and he would have been the top guy in WWE. Between him and Daniel Bryan, like you could have built, you know, I know Daniel got injured shortly after that, but yo, your top baby face and your top heel, people that the fans really want to buy into, yo, WWE could have been rocketing. And, and, yo, even if you're thinking in your mind, like, yo, I hate the fact that Bray Wyatt lost all those big matches and whatnot, but I've heard people say, but I'm thankful because if he didn't, then we probably wouldn't have gotten the fame. Well, I'm here to disagree with you. I believe at a certain point, it don't matter what Bray Wyatt would have done in his career. We would have still gotten the fame. Why? Because Bray Wyatt is one of the talented motherfuckers in that locker room. Like, yeah. I, I, go ahead. Yeah, now I can actually say that uh, when one year when SmackDown came to Charlotte and I was working at um, 
the now Spectrum Center, former Top Market Arena. Um, I got to meet Bray, and I got, and I told him I love the work that you do, and a lot of the stuff that he comes off is just it comes off the top of his head, like. Like a lot of it, a lot of it is planned, but a lot of the stuff he does is as he goes, and that's freaking amazing for somebody so young. Like, like um, IRS, <laughs> he hit, uh, shout out to IRS <laughs> because if there was no IRS, there'd be no Bray Wyatt. So, <laughs> definitely, thank you, IRS, for real. <laughs> but yeah, man, like, I can. Bray Wyatt to Chris Jericho. Like, because what you just said about Bray Wyatt, that's the same thing that Chris Jericho does. Even at 50 years old, Chris Jericho is still reinventing himself. And like, yo, outside of the fiend, I'll just put it out there. The two most interesting characters in professional wrestling right now are... They shall be on... (laughs) <laughs> yes, with his little bit of bubbly and <laughs> the thing. Like, and it's a reason because these two guys are geniuses in what they do. You know what I mean? They they have the ability to think on their own and like, yo, you are just in their gra- they are what you want to be as professional wrestlers. Like, as a professional wrestler, you want to think of shit that you know is going to captivate your audience. And whatever these two guys do, people buy into. Like, Chris Jericho just took two of his... And I bet most people... And I know most people didn't think about this. Chris Jericho just took two... Well, one of his most famous promos and one of his most famous gimmicks put them together and gave you a pro- a promo last week the lexicon list or whatever he called it like lexicon genius from beyond l- l- genius like in a <laughs> world that everybody's getting tired of reboots and remakes you didn't even see that coming but you loved it right. like so i don't i think uh going back to what i said i don't think my idea about bray wyatt being the one that defeats the Undertaker and ends the streak and becomes this top guy in WWE. I don't think in the future that robs us of the Fiend. So that's my take. I'm gonna hand it over to you, partner. Hard to follow, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. So I would say this. Um, At the time, I would have kept the streak going, right? And I actually would have kept the streak going until a future WrestleMania. And I would say had... Let's just hypothetically speak for a second here. What if you had somebody along the lines of Walter come along? Hmm. 
Yeah, so, you know, let's just say, for example, we'll do, since Elimination Chamber is like the perfect setup for these pay-per-views, right? For WrestleMania, it's a perfect setup. Um, let's just say Walter is on the main roster, hypothetically. And he, win, he wins a... Um, the lights go out, his music comes on, he does the range general pose because he's imposing, and he calls out Taker. And he cuts a cut cuts a promo about Taker. Lights go out, gong comes on, lights come back on, Taker's right there. Do the traditional WrestleMania point at the sign. And then go from there. I would say from that point, um, from that point, we would there would be a good, like a great match, and I would probably put it no more than twenty minutes. I would say I say we stretch it to about twenty minutes here. Um, we can even say we can even say we have Imperium in the mix too, right? And the, but the I would say probably if you wanted to make sure and establish establish a heel right there, um, Walter would have been it. Um. Because he's got the size, he's got the, he's got the look. He can definitely. It'll be a nice physical match between, between um, him and Taker, and and if the streak ends that way, um, then you would pretty much, you know, establish him as a top heel at that point. And I would definitely say that, you know, because watching NXT UK, I'm a huge fan, you know, and that that just really makes me wonder, you know, should he decide to cross the pond to NXT or if, or if, um, God forbid he goes to the main roster. Hopefully he doesn't get buried like Lars Sullivan did. But um, that would be something really, I think it would be something to really keep an eye on. I mean, it wouldn't be as, it wouldn't be as special now in the reality sense since the streak is already gone and the mystique of it is gone. But I think I think someone like him would have been would have been an ideal guy. That's you know that's just something a little bit out the box, a little bit different. Okay. Um, and so that's where I would go with it. You know, I think one of the things, and that is a kind of a uh, that is a good hypothetical way to look at it. Um, I think the reason for me personally why I didn't want to play the hypothetical game is because there are so many people not 
associated with WWE at that time that I could see doing it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. so, and you know, even in my thoughts, I didn't even think about Walter. But as you're talking, I'm yeah. like, yo, that would have been dope. You know what I mean? I can yeah. even think of right now, like, a Walter who is very much in his prime versus a prime Undertaker. Like, yeah. damn, that would have been a good-ass match. Um, but, you know what I mean? The only reason why, the only reason why I went the hypothetical route, because, you know, I thought Bray Wyatt would have been perfect at that time, too. Mm-hmm. But you summed up Bray Wyatt so perfectly, <laughs> I want to repeat that. So I'll, that's why I was just like, okay, that, that's why I said it's a tough one to follow because I thought it was the same thing. And even with the, and I didn't think about even even uh, Drew McIntyre, even though he wasn't there at the time, too, um, where it would have been like, you know, I'm back to, you know, I'm back and this is my my claim to fame. Like, you will do it. You motherfuckers will deal with this. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, but so yeah, that's that's the reason why I went the hypothetical route because there's really nobody really else you could really put in that place. I mean, I mean, you can't put you can't push like who like I'm just saying. I'm just really thinking like um, nobody. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody. You know what I mean? And it, and it just goes by like, yo, th- those two, another uh, hypothetical name that came to my mind was Samoa Joe. Woo! Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and they still haven't given Sam- Samoa Joe his his moment yet. Um, or I don't even... think he back. <sighs> Dude. Uh, I want to get in my feelings about that. Uh, <laughs> because my, my greatest fear right now with Samoa Joe is that they... They turn him into Taz. Like Taz was supposed to Taz filling uh, in on commentary and SmackDown was supposed to be a temporary thing. Um once Lawler yeah. quit. Um, but then he was so good at it, they were like, Oh, we're just gonna keep you there. So like right. I don't want Samoa Joe to be on commentary so much because he's right. good at it. And it's something that I can see him doing after he retires, but Samoa Joe got stuff left yeah. in the tank. So get his ass up out that chair. Right. Uh, But, you know, another, I think the last hypothetical uh, name that came to mind before I said, yo, Sean, you got to stop looking at it like that. Um, Kevin Owens. Really? Kevin Owens. Like, I, like, I, I, and, you know, one of the things that I want to do on a future episode like i want to like do a series probably early next year where we talk about the different eras of nxt um from the bullshit we can we can have bullshit fun shitting on uh the game show that it used to be (laughs) because that's what it was a fucking game show um but then those first those first couple of years with, you know, Seth Rollins and them transitioning from FCW to NXT. And then, you know, the different eras of folks that um, funnel through, like, you know, starting off with, you know, Neville and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, all those different eras. So that's something up until now. Um, so, but God, man, I think out of all the surprises and, you know, 
you know, names that have popped up on Titan Trons or people that have been, you know, sitting in the crowd at NXT. I'll tell you my top three surprises all time, NXT wise, in order from three to one. Three, it's Keith Lee. Never thought it would happen. Two, Shinsuke Nakamura. Never thought that would happen. And number one, Kevin Owens. I never thought Kevin Steen would end up in WWE. Uh, But when he got to WWE and the way that they were pushing him, everything about Kevin Owens was perfect. Up up until a point. Um, But, you know, his NXT run... You know, short and sweet, and guess what? It should have been short and sweet. Even him coming to the main roster and beating John Cena and getting that push. Um, But yeah, he came in a little too late um, to be involved with The Undertaker, but can you imagine like Taker in his prime versus Kevin Owens, man? Two of the most, you know, and 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 I'm saying, and I'm saying big man in different contexts. (laughs) Because Undertaker's tall. Right. Uh, Kevin Owens, love you, bro. Taking two two types of big guys and putting them in the ring, man, it could have been magic, man. And like, yo, so hypothetical, always some there. There's some great people out there who are attached to WWE now. Um, that wasn't at the time. That would have been great. Uh, but yeah, um, me and you in the same boat. But yo. Even in my hypothetical, I, I never thought of Walter, and I can't get it get that out of my head. Yo, I hate that WWE 2K20 sucks so much because you know that might have been a match I could have had fun with, it, but can't do shit with that. Right. <laughs> oh man. But um, yeah. So that I yeah I think it would have been um yeah definitely. Definitely a great, great uh, concept there. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. So I think we're we're at the we're at the last um, part of the show, and I'm yeah. gonna let you introduce this because this was just this was your idea, and I'm all for it. And yeah, I'll let you take it away. Cool. So, like we said earlier, now we're gonna. You know, be a podcast that mostly talks about the yesteryear of professional wrestling. But as two individuals that still watches the current content and, you know, depending on what day it is, you know, that can tell you, you know, if it's a pleasurable experience or not. (laughs) We still have thoughts and opinions about what's going on today. So uh, I'm a listener of the Jamel Hill is Unbothered. Um, podcast and she has this great segment at the end of her podcast called Fuck It Unbothered and I was that inspired me and it's like yo how about on Heel Heat we do something called Hot Takes. Now Hot Takes doesn't have to be something that we're bothered about but it could be um, but it might it could be something that we're celebrating as well that we were really a fan of um, that's happened recently or maybe just a thought um that we want to share with everybody who listens to the podcast so that's what we'll do so before uh we wrap up this uh first episode um i'll hand it over to Dwayne for his first 
hot take? All right, my first hot take would have to be, and that guy. I'm gonna probably do. I'm gonna do one for SmackDown. I'm gonna do one for Raw. Go ahead, bro. Uh, one. So for SmackDown, I'm glad Sheamus got rid of the freaking Mohawk. I Amen. Loved it. Amen. I love the he had. I. Think this is going to be a great thing coming up. Hopefully, Crib does not fumble this. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see because Seamus is one of those unpredictable characters. Uh, you, he's a better heel, no doubt about it. But yes. he actually surprised me as a face. Um, I did not think he was as funny of a guy as he actually is, and that's what really kind of made me kind of take to him as a face. Uh, but, of course, he's a much better heel, no doubt about it. Many people, I think a lot of people are better heels than anything else because um, you get to do you get to do more when you're a heel anyway. So, you know, you get to be, you get to find creative ways to be, to be a bad person versus, you know, the whole morality and things of that sort, right? So, but... I really like the, I really like it because I really was sitting there watching, watching you know program. I'm like, where the hell is Seamus? <laughs> uh, you know, I know, I know he took some time off, and I know he was hurt, but can we get him like somewhere? Yo, I think um, it was touch and go for a minute, man. They didn't know if he was gonna come back at all. Yeah, that's true too, and. And AEW, I, I I will admit I was a little I was a little um, hesitant on watching it, uh, only because of the fact that I don't you know was, being that it's on TNT, I'm like I do not, and I heard Tony Schiavone was on it, and not really a big Tony Schiavone person. And that's um, a shame because I am a huge Tony Schiavone person. <laughs> but I will say this. I will say this. He's not as bad as he was with WCW. Um, I think I think it's I think I love the fact that and I'm going on a tangent so but it's our show we could do that. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did like the I did like the Sheamus thing. I can't wait to see what they do with that. Uh, with AEW, like I said, I bet I was a little late on it, and I'm catching up on it now. Um, I like the wins and losses record, which shows that you know, hey, this is something that is really. That really will help you get title matches and things of that sort too. Um, you know, while we were talking about, you know, Le Champion and a little bit of the bubble. Um also I like the fact that Chris Jericho, I mean, he's put out he's put he's put some uh, uh guys that would never get a title shot anywhere else on the map, you know, Scorpio Sky, for example, um Darby Allen. You think these guys will get a title, a world title shot anywhere else, or like a title match? No. Nope. Um, and I also hate the fact that uh, creative fucked up Seth Rollins' face, <laughs> face run. Because, uh. like, how do you, how do you screw that up? Like, 
the man literally the man literally brought back the universal title from the clutches of Brock Lesnar for over almost you know how two they years. do that you know how they do that because creative you 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 beat you have him beat Brock Lesnar and you throw him in a boring ass feud with Baron Corbin nobody wants to see that bitch Alright. Oh, God. Fuck that. Oh, my God. And why would they make... Uh, why did they make Karen Corbin King? Ugh. I'm going to go on another tangent, so I'm going to throw it back. I'm going to throw it <laughs> back to you. Because I'll, I'll go on another tangent about Baron Corbin, and yeah, I don't want to do that right now. I'll save that for a future hot take. <laughs> or I'll let you have it. Whatever one you want to do. Uh, it's your hot take, so you go ahead and go. <laughs> Ooh. Well... Here's the deal. And I can say this. This is kind of like how I am with Beyonce. Um, because I am not a member of the Beyonce Hive. Um, so I don't think she's almighty God. Gotta be nope, no, bro. But <laughs> you know this, bro. You know, don't do that. Don't do that. I know this, but you know, I gotta give the element of stuff to the people. They don't know it, but I'm going to tell you how I am. And, <laughs> and Dwayne will tell you if I'm lying or not. I can be a fan of somebody and not be blind to their faults. You know what I mean? Amen. So I feel sure. like I have, you know, people see me as being critical to Beyonce and call me a hater. Um, and I'm like, yo, I'm a better Beyonce fan than you because I have every Destiny's Child CD except for Survivor because it's a trash album and yeah. every Beyonce CD and like you don't even have two of her shits on your iTunes so who's the real Beyonce fan but I digress I say all that to say my hot take is for one Becky Lynch I am a huge women's wrestling fan Yo, even this past weekend, I checked out WOW for the first time. And I ain't trying to say it's the best production. It kind of reminds me of like a better version of Glow. Um, but there's some people on that show. There's some young ladies on that show that can actually go. And anytime I get to see Tessa Blanchard perform, I'm good. You know, because uh, she needs to be in WWE soon. I need to see. Yeah, her from Impact, please. Why is Impact Wrestling still around? Girl, a, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Are. That's another rant for another day. Uh, <laughs> we'll do a whole Impact Wrestling show. <laughs> um, for Becky Lynch, uh, and my take is, it's over. Like it's over. I I am a fan of all of the four horse women all of them but in the world that we like to rank everything i have been very clear from day one back in nxt if we're ranking them one through four it's charlotte it's bailey it's sasha and it's becky now i give becky all the credit in the world that man shit yo that was some cold shit. You know what I mean? And maybe, you know, some of the creative that was thrown her way wasn't the best. Uh, the the bill between her and Rhonda was terrible. Um, so I can't even put that on her. Uh, I could put some of the shit that she said in her promos 
um, because she is one in WWE that has freedom with what she says um, out in the ring. So I'm 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 not gonna give her no slack on that. Um, but Becky can't be your top girl. I'm sorry, people. She can't. Um, you can hate on Charlotte Flair all you want to. I don't want to hear this shit about her being given everything because guess what? Maybe she. Thank you. Maybe she was given a spot because of who her her dad was, but after that, nothing was guaranteed for her. She worked her ass off. Go watch Charlotte's first televised match in NXT. Watch that match and then immediately watch Charlotte's match versus Natalia for the NXT Women's Championship. Look at how much time passed between those match and you tell me if Charlotte don't deserve where she is right now. Charlotte is a Kurt Angle in a sense that she didn't have a background in professional wrestling, but once she got into it, she took to it and ran with it. Here's why Charlotte is constantly getting thrown in your storylines. Charlotte was put in that WrestleMania match, number one, because it was her match in the first place. I hate for y'all to hear this, but the plan once Ronda Rousey was signed was to always have Charlotte versus Ronda at WrestleMania. And because Becky caught fire, yeah, Becky got pushed to the spot. But they weren't about to rob Charlotte of what was hers. She earned it. And let me tell you like this. Let me let me just put it like this. Becky can't carry no match. Charlotte can have a match with a broom and it looked good. Can you sit up here and tell me that that match at WrestleMania between Becky and Ronda one-on-one would have been good? Oh, no. Charlotte wasn't in it? No, you can't. Absolutely not. That's Survivor Series. Can you tell me Becky could have had a good match with Shayna Baszler? Nope. No. But guess what? She would have had a great match with Bailey because it's Bailey. Ever since Becky has been the Raw Women's Champion or Becky Two Belts, the best matches that she's had one-on-one have been with four horsewomen. Ever since she lost the SmackDown Women's Championship to Charlotte, her best matches have been with Sasha Banks. I'll say this. If Charlotte was in her position and she was forced to be in a post-mania feud with Lacey Evans, I'm not saying Lacey Evans is ready for that, but I bet you Lacey Evans comes out better because she worked with Charlotte. Who is the person, who is the woman who has come out better because they work with Becky Lynch? Becky Lynch Lynch ain't the one, y'all. She not. She's one of the ones, meaning she's in the top tier, but she's not your top, top guy. Two. She ain't even top two. Not she, top three. she, she, as far as in ring talent, as far as somebody who can, because it's about getting people over. I can rattle out names who are better than making people look good than Becky. 
Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha, Oscar, Kyrie, EO, Tony, Shayna. Shayna, do you want me to keep going? Ember, Moon. You know what I mean? Like I can Moon has been being wasted, by the way. God, Ember Moon has been wasted. (laughs) But you know, hope you know she's injured right now, so hopefully when she comes back, that can be rectified. But like, uh, I get it folks like the man it has some stone cold vibes to it you was feeling it i'm feeling it but it ain't it it ain't it and if it was it then becky lynch's segments and matches wouldn't be some of the lowest rated segments on raw on a weekly basis (sighs) i'm sorry to drop that on you but if you don't believe me i don't talk I don't talk just to say stuff. It's stuff that you can look up. Becky Lynch's promo has less views on YouTube and less viewers than that bullshit ass segment with Baron Corbin, Roman Reigns, and the dog food. Yeah, I'm glad I did did not watch that. I didn't watch that either. I didn't watch that either. Me, hell, I think me and Benny, shout out to Benny. Like, it was like, yo, we see that uh, Roman is main event SmackDown again? Pass. Right. I popped in a Christmas carol and called it a night. Humbug. Shout out to Rudolph. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's my hot take for today. I'm sorry, guys. Um, But Becky Lynch ain't the one. Uh, I love her to death. Um, She fine as hell. Love the access. Accent, excuse me. Uh, but yo, I could do with her being knocked down a couple two tiers. Like, if you want to build, you got to build a women's division around your best. And if I look at Raw's women division and I'm trying to build what they're what they're hurting on right now, they don't have anybody that's a face. That's what's hurting them right now. They don't have a baby face. Um, Charlotte. She's a baby face, but she shouldn't be. Um, The way that Kyrie and Asuka are right now, I don't want them to be baby faces. Right. Raw Raw is hurting on the baby face side. Um, SmackDown. But them kids, that's been like gold. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) SmackDown is in a little better uh, situation. Uh, But yeah. You know, we we got to we got to look. We can be fans, but look at stuff a little bit more realistic. And I'm just sorry, Becky ain't Becky ain't it for me. So yeah, Dwayne, that wraps it up for us, bro. We we did it. Episode one out the books. Episode one is done. That's the end of the show, and we will be back on. I know. Things are going to be a lot more frequent because our schedules are freed up. I know you are off for the rest of the year. Shout out to the education industry. Amen. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, my schedule's freed up because I don't have no managers blocking my shit anymore. So I can move my shit around again. So we will be recording this a lot more now. And... um, What's on tap for the next episode? I'm excited about this next episode um, because what I've been doing since I got the WWE Network, 
I decided to watch the Monday Night Wars again. So I've been, I started at once Nitro started and I've been watching Nitros and Raws week to week. So about a couple months ago, I passed the storyline that we're going to talk about next week. And what that is, we're going to be talking about when the WWF decided to hit Stone Cold with a motherfucking car and turn oh, Rikishi Hill because he did it for the Brock. He did it for the people. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to going through that st- storyline. So what we're going to do, and I hope you all join us for it, um, we're going to do a brief review of that storyline and then yo we're gonna jump in the bookers chair again and like yo if we were the ones that decided to hit stone cold with a motherfucking car i mean would it have been rikishi that we hit him with or could we think of some other people in the wwf at that time who would have been better for that storyline so i'm excited about that can't wait i can't wait i'm, I'm ready for it i'm proud to run it back and watch it myself too so um that is it uh, for the Heel Heat episode one. Uh, you can follow us individually, myself on Twitter at the Libra Icon, Sean at Shaolin Shogun MA. You forgot to mention that MA is for your master's degree. Shout out yep, yep. to you on that. And then I will put MSL on mine, but that's too much. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can follow the show Twitter at Heel Heat Pod. We usually do a commentary on Raw, SmackDown, and even AEW and NXT every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then also, I haven't been on the Heel Heat Pod cast twitter yet but i plan to in uh i probably will hop on it tonight because i ain't got shit to do tonight so that's probably what i'll i'll we probably will both be on the heel heat twitter so we'll just have to put like um uh s for sean d for Dwayne. so that'll work I, perfect so thank you guys for listening and as always we want to always Take it back, and we will come back with a whole new episode. And thank you all for the support.